Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thank you for joining us with our Relief from Darkness podcast, where we are talking about anything that's uh, just really holding us in a stuck place in our life. And we are talking anything ranging from anxiety to depression to complex trauma to nightmares and eating disorders and seriously everything in between. Because here at No Boundaries, we really do believe that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can be changed. And as our thought processes start to change, our brains start to change. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. Woohoo! So if you've been following this podcast series, we have been talking about CPR. And in every episode, we mention C, P, and R. So this kind of um, segment has kind of taken a turn where we're really diving into uh, just kind of the meat of what it even is and what's the practical application of it. So, so far, we have talked about C, meaning connection, and we've talked about connection with God, connection with ourselves, and connection with others. And then we moved into the P portion, which is psychoeducation. And under psychoeducation, we have talked about the brain basics. We have talked about the Amalama Ding Dong. Amygdala. And we have talked about top-down anxiety and bottom-up anxiety. And then we talked about the reticular activating system. So that moved us straight into the R portion, which was routine. And we under routine, we have discussed self-care and we've discussed reframing. So now this is like the drum roll drum moment. This will be the last episode for the CPR portion and under routine. And it is called something bigger. This is going to be so much fun. Have you ever felt like there has to be something more? Yeah. Something outside of ourselves, something out of the Bless Me Club, something outside of my family, something outside of, and I guess I could say, I just like to call it navel gazing. Yeah. And it just gets gross. At some point, there has to be something more. And we have to do something more with intention. And so I heard this Dear Church letter, and I thought it was really good. And actually, it's biblical. It says, Dear Church, stop gathering around the name of Jesus while ignoring the ways of Jesus. Remember the poor, feed the hungry, welcome the stranger, serve the least, visit the prisoner, clothe the naked, deliver the oppressed, and rise for the marginalized. He waits for us there. I'll never forget the time my husband and I went on our first mission trip. And in fact, it was in 1997. And I'm just going to be really honest. You were born back then, surely. Yeah, I was six. Okay. Well, we don't have to say how old you were then, but that's okay. (laughs) Thank you. But I'll never forget the first mission trip that we went on. So they came and they approached me and they said, so you're a therapist and we need your help. And they said, he's a dentist and he can pull 450 teeth. And I thought, gross. Mm -hmm. And we weren't going to go until I heard one word. And that word was Jamaica. And I wasn't thinking about teeth or the people that needed the therapy. I was thinking about all inclusive water sports. I love a good water sport. And so off we went, but something happened inside of us. And I did exactly what I just read to you. In the middle of the marginalized, I found Jesus. And I couldn't not. 
And then when we got back, we actually had the conversation. He and I sat down together way back then to decide how much is enough. What are our goals? And we don't have to move out of our gated community and sell everything that we have and give to the poor. That's not what he was inviting us into, but he was inviting us into determining how much was enough for us so that we could utilize the blessings that he gives us and anything above and beyond what we had established would then go to do just that. And it really changed everything. And so in the something bigger portion, all of us need just that something bigger. So let me give it a little bit different context. And let me talk to you about a guy way back when, and his name is Victor Frankel. He actually survived two concentration camps. And then after the concentration camps, he started working with depressed and suicidal people. And in his work with the depressed and suicidal people, he actually had better results than anybody else. He developed a three-part process that if people would do these three things, then they would actually then not be suicidal and depressed. And so the first thing that he did is he said, hey, look, you have to identify a project that you could work on. And if you don't work on this project, somebody will suffer. The project itself didn't matter. So let me ask you this. Are you guys involved in something that will help others that if you don't do what you're called to do, if you don't utilize your strengths or your resources or your time or yourself, if you don't, then somebody else will suffer. And if the answer to that question is no, you better get on it. The second thing that Victor Frankel found was that people have established hard things, which is kind of the premise of this whole podcast, Mm -hmm. that life happens and we all eventually will end up in a pit. But we need a redemptive perspective on our suffering. We have to, and this is his words, as hard as it may be, we have to search for what could be positive on the other side of our suffering or on our pits. And so, in other words, because this happened, that I'll be able to do that. Well, I really like our reframing. And if you miss that, you can go back to the reframing because we don't just substitute uh, just a, a redemptive perspective. We actually get the truth of Jesus and the, the narrative of our story and find out where Jesus was mm-hmm. in our suffering. But there has to be, instead of what I would call as a therapist post-traumatic stress, there's got to be post-traumatic growth. And so that was number two. Number three, Molly, you might be wondering, what's number three, what's you asked? number three? Then we need to, and this is what Viktor Frankl established, that they needed to take other people with them that we need a close set of friends or a community. Huh. (laughs) That kind of sounds like the C in CPR. And that community knows us and accepts us as we are. So as we're concluding about this uh, process, as the CPR process, and we're looking at ourselves, and we're thinking about how are we connecting with God and how are we connecting with us and what's it like on the other side of us and how are we 
connecting with others. And what about my brain? And what am I thinking about? And I'm using all of this energy and expending all of these calories to think about what I'm thinking about, to get rid of my yucky behavior. And I'm trying to be pure and praiseworthy and lovely and noble and just. And those are the things that I'm trying to think about. And when I get slammed and when I get knocked into, then the things that are overflowing are the fruit of the spirit with faithfulness and gentleness and kindness and and all of those things as we're going through all of this process. We need to just give ourselves a break with our obsession with ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are self-absorbed. We went our way in my walk and my wishes and my words and my wants and my, 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 my. And really, Jesus is a king. And we have to have a radical encounter with that king to know that that king actually works on planet earth in and through the body of Christ, that someone somewhere is depending on us to do what God has called us to do and to be an answer to someone else's prayer. And I think until we actually get past ourselves with purpose, on purpose, with intention, then we're going to be self-absorbed and anxious and really brought to that thing about how much is enough. Then when is enough enough? And once I get the new latest greatest, then it's already out to date by the time I drive it off the lot or by the time I open it up and start using it. And with the technology and with all of the updates and the new latest greatest in a consumer society, how much is enough? And when can I realize that that thing that I'm trying to fulfill inside of me, the something bigger is partnering with the king of the universe to be partnered with him in what he's doing instead of just the me, 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 me show. And it's beautiful. And it's, it's actually a relief. It's so refreshing to know that I can use my talents and my time and my resources to actually do something bigger and greater than just me and what pertains to me that will actually have impact in the lives of others. And as believers, we know that we could do something today that could actually make a difference billions of years from now. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Molly Buck? Well, it's interesting that like the something bigger is actually what we're created for, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if we're created by God and we're created for God, then that would mean that he would get to do whatever he pleases with us. And I mean, if we look at even just the life of Jesus, he gave and yes. he served. Do you know what I mean? That's so good. Like, and I think sometimes uh, in culture and in society, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and uh, the guy talking, he was like, you know, we get stuck on these three things. We get stuck in our comfort, we get stuck in our health, and we get stuck in our security. Uh-huh. And so then we try to manipulate the environments and manipulate all of the decisions on what we will do or not do if it's going to feed one of those things mm-hmm. for us. Uh-huh. When actually in the kingdom of God and in the kingdom of heaven, it's called, it's not, it's opposite of that. It's to love is really to to give. Wow. And is to serve yourself and to offer yourself up. And that's what Jesus did. I mean, he walked around and he 
healed the sick and he cast out darkness and he wasn't worried about what he was gaining because he was in communion with his father. Mm -hmm. And that is more satisfying than anything else. That's so good. Yeah. And then they say, and, and, and just to go along with that analogy, the analogy of, so what, are we on a cruise ship just living the American dream? And then the, what about me? Or are we actually born into a battle we're born into a war and we're actually on a warship and we're called to advance the gospel of the kingdom and to bring his kingdom on earth as it is to, in heaven. And then to have a servant mentality, a servant leadership and to serve the others and to find him in the marginalized. And could it really be our fault because we are not responding appropriately in love to the things that need to be responded to in our society that we're seeing some of the things that we're seeing today? Yeah. And so love it. And that's what, and that will that's actually the thing that will be the most fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And we try to just, you know, counterfeit and and we try to entertain the counterfeit things to meet the desires, but there really is no greater no greater feeling and no greater love than to serve mm -hmm. and to find out why you were created. You guys, like this is I mean Okay, story time. Okay, go. So I recently, um, I've had in a couple of moments in my life that I had these like aha moments of when I knew that I knew that this is what I was created for. Uh -huh. And it's just those moments when you're like, you're super present and you're like, nothing else matters. This is it. And one of them was uh, sharing testimony at... Um, something that we were hosting at No Boundaries. And it was my first time really sharing to that size of a group. And in the middle of it, I was like, I was created for this. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. And there's nothing else that I can think about than to see these people come to know Christ. And then the other one is I got to, uh, I got to lead a group of um, some young adults to a conference recently. Mm-hmm. And we're there and we are worshiping with 55,000 other young adults. And I'm looking at these four that I was with. And I was like, I was created for this, for this moment, for this time, and to serve these four that I'm with. Wow. To see them come to know the Lord in a radical way. And if any part of anything that I've ever gone through ever to say that this was worth it. That finding Jesus in these moments and finding Jesus through all of the past and all of the gross and all of the whatever was worth it to advance the gospel. Wow. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're created for, that our lives would actually confirm God's existence and confirm what he said in the Bible to be true. That is why we're here. Wow. And I mean, this it's my favorite thing in the entire world. I, you know, I... I started researching and right now I'm going to go off on a little bit of a little bit of a tangent just so that you can hear my why. But we are on track right now in the United States in the Western world to lose one million of our youth and young adults um, that will walk away from their faith. One million per year for the next 30 years. And that's an average. So they're saying that we will lose between now and now. In 30 years from now, about 30 to 40 million. And these are these are 
These are youth and young adults that, that would say that they grew up in Christian households, that they've, you know, that they've been um, exposed to Christ, but then will walk away. And there's something in me that's like, why? And this can't happen. And we can see this as a great falling away, or I can reframe it in my routine to look at it as a great opportunity to see maybe quite possibly the biggest revival that the world has ever seen. And it's the thing that keeps me going. It's the thing that I wake up thinking about. It's the thing that I go to bed and and pray over. It's the thing that I want to see people know him, and especially in our youth and young adults. And I was sitting in a service the other day, and this guy was talking, and he was like, you know, like serving our next generation. Can can you look at it as being what you needed when you were that age? And when I can look at it from that perspective of like, what if, what if I could be what I needed when I was that age? Wow. And offer a different something so that they're getting it then. And they're solid in their identity, like, yes, that's what this is what I was born for. And suddenly, when you figure out the thing or you know the thing that you're born for, which everyone's created to make disciples, that's just fact. Like, that's just biblical. But whichever way he chooses to do that, through whatever modality and creative design, through all the 7.8 billion people that are on planet Earth, like, when you figure that out, it is far more satisfying and rewarding than anything else. And so then suddenly, in light of that, the, the trauma or the sin mm-hmm. or the stuck place just starts to fade wow. and become less and less important because it's, it's, it's so not good. that important. Yeah. In light of eternity and in light of that there are real people hurting that, that need what we carry, mm-hmm. how could we not? That's so good. And that's what I want to encourage everybody to. If you can't hear the passion in my voice or the passion in Molly's voice with what we get to do every day outside of ourself, and it actually, it costs us something to do what we do. And if we can't afford not to, and none of us with our mental health can afford not to have a project that's bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. not to do something that puts the bounce in our step. As she talked about, this is what she thinks about. This is what she prays about. This is what she wakes up with. It is so important that we save ourselves from ourselves. And yeah. a lot of times I have people that'll come to me and they'll say, well, you know, when everything lines up, then I'm going to. And if we don't do it now, if we don't start now, then we never will. Or other people will say, in fact, they interviewed everybody uh, in the United States that was participating in this particular survey. And they said, if you could ask God one question, what question would you ask God? And it was across the board. Everybody wanted to know what they were created for. Well, we're created to advance the gospel of the kingdom. We're created to heal the sick, to cleanse a leper, to drive out demons. Freely we've been given and freely we need to give. And it doesn't matter if we do that through therapy. It doesn't matter if we do that through young adults. It doesn't matter if we do that through dentistry or through hair care or through truck driving. All of us need to take the skills and the everyday thing that we do and we need to identify a way to help others. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me uh, years ago, after I went on that very first mission trip, I couldn't not do it. So I started volunteering with uh, the homeless community. 
and I volunteered to do therapy with the homeless and to see what kind of needs they had. And, and as we were doing it, they, some of them were getting better, but for the most part, they felt immobilized and entitled. And so I thought about just what Victor Frankl did with people that were suicidal and depressed. They needed a purpose outside of themselves. So I remember spending a great deal of energy and time and resources, and I identified 10 homeless people, and we were able to get their birth certificates and the information that we needed to obtain a passport, and I actually loaded up the van and took 10 homeless people to across the border in Mexico in the cardboard village. And they saw something worse than even what they were experiencing. Sometimes even the homeless in the United States have it better than what people have on an international front. But that's neither here nor there. We'll always find people that have it better or people that have it worse than we do. But what we need to do, no matter where we are, even if we're homeless, we need to utilize what we've been given to impact and make a difference in the lives of someone else. And it was beautiful. And if we don't start now, if we don't start today, then we never will. And we can work it out and figure it out as we go along. And so I think about with Molly and I, we've done lots and lots of different things locally and across the United States and even internationally now. But the way that we figure out what we do and how we can contribute is you actually have to just start trying. And you, you can't steer a parked car. And I think about even in a swimming pool, when you dive into the pool, you don't stay in the same location that you dove into. And so as we put one foot in front of another, and as we do whatever's in front of us, and as we help do something that's outside of us, then we will ignite this thing for significance inside of us that we are born for something greater, that we are meant to make a difference in the lives of others, that we are meant to partner with the king of the universe to advance the gospel and make disciples and feed the poor and clothe the naked and to do those things. And until we get outside of ourselves, there will always be something missing. Yeah. And so I think, that concludes me with my frog on the log riddle. <laughs> the frogs on the log. Molly Buck, here it goes. I'm Five ready. frogs on a log. Four decide to jump. How many frogs do you have left? Five. That's exactly right. Now, for all of you who said one, let me tell you again. Five frogs on a log. Four decide to jump. You don't have one frog left because just because you decide to jump doesn't mean you jump. Mm-hmm. So you have to do this. And I would encourage everybody not to wait that today sit down with your community or your family and find out what you can start to plug into. I call it research and development. If I'm not sure what it's going to look like, you don't have to commit to forever, but how could you utilize your time, your resources and the strengths and the gifts that you've been given in a small way so that you can consistently give outside of yourself to impact something bigger. And as you do that, other people will be impacted. Again, someone somewhere is depending on you to do what you've been called to do. But even more so than that, I believe you'll find Jesus in an even greater way. Yeah. And the thing is, is, 
everybody has something. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like if the people experiencing homelessness have something, then surely anyone has anything. Mm -hmm. And it's just whatever's in our hand and whatever you have available. And sometimes even if it's just like you're going to be extra nice to the person checking you out at the grocery store Mm -hmm. or you'll take time to slow down and help a elderly person do something like I mean, it's just there's always opportunity if we'll just get outside of ourselves and look for it. So good. So just to kind of summarize everything, here is what I'm hearing. Is that we were created for something bigger. Mm -hmm. And if we're created for something bigger, then how important is it that we incorporate something bigger into our daily routines? That in the middle of the connection and in the middle of the psychoeducation that as part of a routine, if we can get outside of ourselves and give back even just the very little that we have, then trust that God will multiply it and then open our eyes to the world around us and we'll realize that we are here to love and to serve one another really, really well. Jesus laid down his life. He gave everything. God gave everything. So that we could do this and so that we can be reconciled to him. So can we just take a second and just acknowledge that maybe this is an invitation to give our lives then right back to him. And that's, that's the something bigger Mm -hmm. is that we get to give as freely as we have received so that we can serve the people around us and love them straight to Jesus and to encounters And to love people out of their stuck places, which is a thing that we get to do here. And it's a beautiful process and it's so much fun. And there's nothing better. There's nothing better than watching someone receive and receive the Lord and to watch someone heal through things that they never thought that they could heal through. And it's just worth everything. So thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness. This summarizes the CPR of the series portion. So until next time. See you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.